Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to Northstar for this installment of our One Another series. 52 times in the New Testament, the phrase one another was mentioned. Why was it mentioned 52 times? Because God never created us to live in isolation. God never created our lives to live separate from everybody else's life. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to give you a little head start. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 5. So if you got your, your hard Bible, the old, the, old, the old school one, like I've got, you can turn over the book of Luke, over the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke will be right there. Uh, if you've got it on your phone, you can go. It's super easy to find. You look really smart on your phone. You could be texting or writing down your grocery list. But anyways, so do that. And if you've got the app, if you don't have the app, it's worth downloading. Go to the North Star Church, Georgia uh, in the, in the uh, store, Android or Apple, whatever it is. And then all the notes will be in your phone and you can just type them as you go and you can email them to yourself and, and then you'll go, where did I, was I yesterday? Oh yeah, I was at church. All right, and so that's a great way to remind yourself. So let me say this to start today. Right at the top of your outline, even in your, your, your thumbing in notes or, or if you got the hardcore worship guide when you came in, I want you to write down two, two words down, ready? Personal corporate. Would you write down those words? personal, corporate. Let's talk personal real quick. God has an amazing plan to use all of your lives for something bigger than you, right? God has a desire that your life would be used for him. That's his goal for your life. When you came to know Christ, he didn't take you out of this world. He left you here because you have gifts and abilities and talents and things that you're good at, other people aren't good at, and ways that you can serve other people. He, he left you here to do something for him. That is a desire that he has for all of your lives in, this, in, in Compass True North and all of you watching online. That is his desire. But equally, we believe that there's an enemy that has a desire too. And here's the next two words I want you to write down. Ready? to distract you and discourage you. That, those are his two goals. So if he can use life events to distract you, if he can use the things of this world to get your eyes off why he left you here, he will do it. Because if, he, if the enemy can get our eyes off where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing, we will wander off and begin to live a, a life of generality rather than a life of purpose. Or if he can't do that, then he will send a setback. He will send something to discourage you, to go, I, 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 Mike, I'm with you, I'm 100% in, but I, I'm not good enough, smart enough, talented enough, Whatever. And listen, you're like, I'm the only one in the room. No, we all feel that. How many of y'all would agree that there are times you don't feel good enough for God to use you? Would you raise your hand? Right? If you didn't raise your hand, everybody else thinks that about you. All right? And so you're, you're like, oh, a high ego opinion. So the, the goal is, is that, that we understand God has a place and a plan for us. We just don't know why, but we want to be used. So today, I, I want us to remove the distractions and the discouragement. So before we even read today, I want you to just take a second right where you are and just close your eyes, would you? And I want you to ask God to speak to you this morning. It's totally personal. It's really sort of selfish, but he loves these prayers. 
God, speak to me this morning. The second part of that is, would you tell him when he speaks that you will listen? Would you say, God, if you speak, I I will listen. Father, we will never gather like we are gathered right now. We will never all be where we are. Uh, have been this past week, gone through what we've passed this, we have this past week at another time and place. But God, you got us here this morning. You've got something bigger for us than us. God, would you use your word? Would you illuminate it? Would you bring it off the pages? Would you let that word crawl up and crawl into our lives that we won't be the same after hearing it? And it's a personal prayer, God, today, and we give it to you. We ask that you bless our time and you use it to bless us and to bless others. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. That's the personal piece. Now let's talk about the corporate piece. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. They're going to put it up on the screen. And let us consider how we can stir one another up to love and good deeds, good works. So today is about how we as a body at North Star We can make each other better. On Super Bowl Sunday, on on this great environment of sports, I love that, I love, we'll bring up sports occasionally here at North Star. And so on this day that we're, we're actually bringing up sports, I love sports because when a team gets put together, you always make a great team when they see how we can be there for each other and they make each other better. Well, God has put a team here together called North Star, and he put us in this body for this season to make each other better, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Would you stand with me as we honor God's Word by reading it together today? Luke chapter 5, let me set the framework of what's going on in the story. Jesus' ministry has just begun. He is starting to get some accolades, and he's starting to get some recognition for who he is. And, and the, uh, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, have definitely heard about him because he's not like the other rabbis. He's not like the other teachers. And anytime he would show up somewhere, crowds began to gather. So here's where they are today, all right? They're in a home. We don't know whose home, there's speculation on whose it was. We know this, that the largest home that's ever been excavated in this community is around 18 feet wide, all right? And so roughly they think that maybe 50 or 60 people at max could be in this house at one time. It's not big, but you didn't have furniture. And piles of people had come in to hear Jesus. There was a time, Ann and I, we hosted a little college Bible study in our basement on Sunday nights that some of the folks in the room uh, got to attend. And I remember at one time there were so many kids coming that we had to move all of our furniture out of the room. The homeowners in the neighborhood loved us. But anyway, so we had to put all these kids in. It was awesome. It was fun. That's what's happening here. Jesus has showed up to teach, and this room is slammed with people because they want to hear him, they want to see him. But the room isn't slammed with those who need help from Jesus. It's slammed with those who want to refute him. It's slammed with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law. The Pharisees were the ones that wanted to separate. They wanted to help people obey God's law, which is a good thing. But the bad thing was that was all they wanted to do help people obey God's law. And so they became the rule keepers, right? That's what they did. So let's pick up the story. Luke chapter five, verse 17. On one of those days as he was teaching, Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they were, what's the next word? They were sitting there. He's teaching, they're sitting. 
listening, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. All right? So you've got Jesus teaching. They're waiting on him to say something they disagree with. They're not there because they're looking to follow. They're waiting on him to say something they disagree with. And yet God has given him the power to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a man, bringing on a bed, a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. So these that we know from one of the other gospel accounts, there was four of them, that this guy was laid, when you were paralyzed back then, you laid on a mat, and you were carried from place to place. My friends, you had no ability to get around by yourself. There were no wheelchairs. There were no, the only way he could get there was friends. He has four friends. We know from another gospel. They take him off the mat. They bring him to Jesus. But based on what we've heard, they brought him to the room. Could they get in with the crowd that was in the room? Yes or no? They couldn't get in. It's too crowded. Crowded with people who already knew. They had the ability to know. This guy, they couldn't get in, but these guys weren't going to be deterred. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and they let down his bed through the tiles in the midst before Jesus. So literally, these guys went up and they began to take the roof apart. I'm sure the homeowner was thrilled. They began to take the roof apart to drop this guy into the room. So here's this guy laying on a mat. He can't do anything about it. And his friends are like, no, we're going to get you to Jesus. We are taking you to Jesus. And they bring his mat. They pull apart the ceiling. And they begin to lower him into the room. Now look at what happens. And when he, Jesus, saw, there's a big next word there. It's a big word. When he saw, what's the next word? Not the man on the mat's faith, but the faith of the four friends. This is a great part of the story. When he saw their faith, listen to what he said. When he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. Now, I don't think that's why they brought him that day. I don't think they brought him that day to get his sins forgiven. I think they brought him that day to, with the hopes that Jesus would help their friend do what? Walk. But isn't it interesting how we can lose sight of the eternal for the ordinary, right? They, they wanted their friend to walk. The problem was you're going to walk for a, a season and then you could die and die lost. Man, your sins are forgiven, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? They were thinking these things in their brain. And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And what's the next word? Help me out again. And what? It wasn't like the guy went, we don't, we don't know how long it's been since this guy walked. We don't know if it's been a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. We, don't, we have no knowledge. All we know is this joker got up, packed up his mat, and he had four friends to get there, but he didn't need them to go home. He got up and he headed home. 
and amazement seized them all. They glorified God and were filled with all, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. That day went from ordinary to extraordinary, not because of the listeners, but because of four guys who love their friend. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to love people around us that much. Before you're seated, turn around and find somebody today and say, the Falcons will be in the Super Bowl next year. All right, let's claim it. Let's call it out. Speak it into existence. Oh, yeah. Man. So, I don't know about you, but um, I think about this. So I think the key to reading the Bible is putting yourself in the story. We, we know nothing about the four jokers that brought him. We don't know anything about him. But I perceive that they were probably like me and you. How many of you would say, I don't have to look for things to stay busy. My life is pretty busy. Would you raise your hand? Okay. I don't think times were different back then. These guys may have families. They may have kids. They may have hobbies. They may have stuff they like. They may have, it, it, we know it didn't happen on the Sabbath because that would have been noted in the story, but we know it could have happened any other day of the week. These guys may have had a, a big game on. The Jerusalem Jaguars were playing the Galilean <laughs> goats. I don't know who's playing. So I don't know what was on TV. That's a terrible name. Anybody, but, but, but there's probably stuff going on. But yet that day, they were consumed with a friend who was dependent on their faith. I'm just going to tell you this straight up, and, and here's the deal. When you came to know Christ, if, if you're here today and you've come to know Christ, when you came to know Christ, it's not about you anymore. It's about how God can use you. Does that make sense to everybody? It's not about us anymore. It's about how God can use us, and that's why the enemy loves to distract and discourage us. But we, we, learn, some, we learn some great principles. If we're going to be like these guys, there's some things we got to do. Pen, pencil, something to write with, thumbs to type with. I want you to write down a couple things. It's going to require each of us getting involved. Principle number one, each of us getting involved. In the, in the, in the realm of church, North Star, who we are as a body here that started in 1997, we are a success in the church world. Out of, I would say, probably 450 to 500,000 Protestant churches in America, you're in the top half of 1%. Baptism, size, all that stuff. We're not the biggest, but you're effective. That's good. Congratulations. That's great. The danger becomes when we forget what it was like to lie on a mat. That's the danger. These four guys, we're making an assumption based on the story, these four guys were able to walk to where Jesus was. True? They were able to get up, walk their friend to him. They had the ability to walk, but they cared about the one who couldn't, right? I want you to write a little phrase under number one, ready? It's about who's not here. Did you write that down? It's about who's not here. Here's where we get in trouble as a church, as a corporate body, when it becomes about who's coming, not who's not here, right? 
I remember giving the illustration years ago when our kids went off to college and, and we, we took Casey off. He was the first one. We took Casey off and we came home and we had our little kitchen table and Ann sat in her chair and I sat in my, in the way our house is decorated, every one of us have a unique chair, right? And so I got a big leather chair for my big old fat self. And so it's comfortable and, and it, she keeps buying me larger ones. But anyway, so I got, I got a big old leather chair and then Anne's got her little pretty print, you know, chair. And then Mary Michael has a princess chair. It's very fitting. All right. And so it's like the queen of the house. All right. She has her chair. And then Casey had a, a chair, had number seven on him. And I remember the first night we came home and sat at that table and it was Anne and myself and Mary Michael. Three-fourths of our family was there, but there was one missing, and it wasn't the same. Does that make sense to everybody? It wasn't the same. It was about who wasn't there. And Mary Michael loved it because we couldn't talk about baseball. All of a sudden, we're talking about HGTV and all kinds of stuff. It's killing me. I didn't know what I was going to do. Here's the danger. The danger is the longer we exist, it can become about who's here, not about who's not here. Do you guys know that 89% of our community goes to church nowhere on Sunday morning? 89%. I'm not talking about in another part of the world. I'm talking about Kennesaw, Ackworth, Paulding, this community. 89% get up on Sunday mornings and church is irrelevant to them. And yet he's put you beside them. So as a strategy to help that, we, we've got some things that we do. So I want y'all to welcome to the stage a good friend of mine, Mr. Mike Lindemann. Would y'all welcome Mike up today? Hello, Michael. Mike, now here's the crazy, this will age me a little bit. Mike was one of those college students that used to come to my basement Back when we moved all the furniture out, weren't you? Yeah, Mike asked me to come early and be the one moving the furniture That's out. That's true. That is true. That is, a, that is a very good point. So, Mike, why is community such a passion for you? How we serve as a body out in our community. Why is that a passion for you? I think that uh, North Star for 20-something years has gained influence in the community. And I think it's because, and it's uh, one of my passions is because we tell people that we love them and God loves them, but there's, there's one thing about telling them, and then there's another thing about showing them. And I think as a church, we do a great job at doing that. You, you've been in this role now a couple years. As you've watched people go out and serve, what's it done for them? What's it done for their faith? Because, I mean, you, y'all do all kinds of events. We'll hit it here in a second. But what's it done for their faith when they get out and they, they do that and they serve? Sure. I mean, serving is a, is a easy way, a uh, good entryway. To love on people. And I think when you go out and you serve and you show people that you really do care and we're a church that does more than just talk about it, it, it lets you know that they're, they welcome the help. Last night or Friday night, we were at North Cobb High School's uh, basketball game serving concessions and coaches, they were talking about how hard it is to get engagement in the concession stands and how thankful they were. And those volunteers saw how appreciative they were. How much biblical knowledge does it take to serve at the events that we Lots. do. Lots. We had tons of people come up and ask us to quote Bible verses <laughs> Friday right. night at the concession. What Zero. did they want at the concession Zero. stand? What were they wanting? <laughs> what, what were they? Nachos. 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 That was good. With jalapenos <laughs> or chili. <laughs> That's right. So when somebody goes out and serves, what does it do to people? What have you watched it do to some of the folks that have stepped out and served with you, whether it's a concession stand or working at a school or whatever it is? It brings them here. 
it shows them that, that there is a place that cares more about them than anywhere else. And so it brings them here, and then they hear the message. So what are, how, if somebody was sitting in the room now and said, okay, all right, Mike's guilted me now, and I want, I want to do something. I want to get involved. How would they even make that first step? Okay, so I, I'll give you three examples of some things going on right now. Uh, today, and we have all these positions filled today, but a cool thing that North Star does is we take wings and subs to local fire stations. So today I have, we have 10 volunteers going out and delivering food to 10 local fire stations just to say, hey, guys, we appreciate you and we love you. This Friday night, you've probably heard about it coming up, we have Night to Shine. And I think most of the Night to Shine positions are filled and background checks have happened, but this place gets flipped around and tore up to love on, to love on these folks. And we need tons of help to come and clean it all up and break it all down. And it's just, it's, it's easy. It's easy to do and it's easy to serve. And then third, as Larry pointed out earlier, is the Kennesaw Mountain Special Needs Prom is happening. Uh, I think it's next Monday. But next Sunday, we have our big give, our monthly big give. And we're providing waters and cookies uh, to the special, for the Special Needs Prom. So maybe your time, it's hard to find the time to serve or do, but most of us can find a few dollars change to provide cookies and waters. So if they want to get more information on it, what do they do? Well, you can do one of two things. You can go to northstarchurch.org and click on the community tab and hit sign up to serve and we'll give you more information and add you to our email list or uh, in one of the cards. You can rip off the card on the tear-off portion and fill it out. Just write community or info on community and provide your email address and we'll send you information. Awesome. Would y'all thank Mike for the great job he does. <laughs> under, under number one, I want you to write this word. Ready? The word's why. Yeah, I, I bet the guy on the mat said, why are y'all coming to get me? This is just where I'm at in life. Why are you coming to get me? Why do you care about me? You know one of the reasons we got in the community? It breaks down everything people believe church to be. When you meet people on their turf, they wonder why in the world would you come on a Friday night and give up a Friday night to serve? But because we know there's a bigger reason that we're doing it. But not only do they do that, look at point number two. It requires that we show compassion for those who can't help themselves. It requires us to show compassion for those that can't help themselves, right? So this gentleman was paralyzed. He had no ability to help himself. He had no ability to do this for himself. One of the greatest signs of spiritual maturity in your life is when your life is about those who can't do anything back for you. It's about others. This group of four changed a guy's life. It took four to help one. Isn't that crazy? It took four guys serving as a family, serving as a team, spur one another on to love and good deeds. If there were three of them, there's four different ends of the mat, right? It's just the way it was laid out. It took four of them to accomplish it. Well, we try to do our very best here to create opportunities to serve those who can't help themselves, to serve those that nobody is speaking on their behalf. Nobody is helping tell their story. So we have a, a team member here at North Star that provides on-ramps, we call them, for folks like you and me to, to get up and to do something and, and help somebody who can't help themselves. Would y'all welcome to our stage our Global Missions Director, Ms. Marsha James. Would y'all give Marsha a great hand. 
Marsha, I, I think I can say this. Um, you are passionate about this. Where did that passion come from? You know, I went on a mission trip with my brother to India, and my life was totally changed after that. I saw people who didn't have anything that were living with boxes over their heads and, I mean, everywhere. And suddenly I began to realize what I have that they don't have. I be, my whole focus and my perspectives completely changed. So what have you watched it do in people's lives? I mean, y'all have taken tons and tons of trips mm -hmm. through the years. What have you watched it do in people's lives when they finally go, okay, I'm going to grab my end of the mat and I'm going to do it. I'm scared. I'm nervous, but I'm going to do it. What have you watched it do in people's lives? I've watched it really change them. I've watched them grow spiritually. I've watched them, as I said, focus on what they do have and to realize the blessings that we have here in the United States over, you know, what they don't have. Maybe they don't have something that the neighbor has. That your perspective and your focus completely changes. You begin to realize, um, I am so blessed to live in this country. And there are countries where people have nothing. They live off one to two dollars a day. And that's why we go overseas. Sure, there are people here that need help, but here they have hope. Here there are organizations, there are all kinds of people who want to help. But over there, there's no one. Everybody's poor. So, you know, we're their hope. We're the thing that gives them a reason to keep living. So I know you've got some tables set up here in the Compass Lobby. Mm -hmm. Tell everybody a little bit about what's out there today. Okay, we have several opportunities to help globally. One is mission trips. You can always go on a mission trip. We train you. We get you ready. Listen, I was scared my first mission trip, and now I've been on 100 at least. And, you know, it was... It totally changed me. So I would recommend a mission trip first, and we have tables out there to tell you about those. Then there's also a small group that we are starting for women. It's called Stitch and Nail. And that's just a behind-the-scenes group of people who maybe might not be able to go on a mission trip, but they want to do something. So you can come. It's every Tuesday, every second Tuesday of the month in the theater, one to three, and we're going to be making things to take on trips. The first one is a hygiene kit. So if you'd like to be a part of that, women, you don't have to sign up. You just come and show up anytime you want to help. Then also we have sponsorship. And I, I can't even tell you how much sponsorship means to people. You can watch a child from a young age all the way through their, um, their ages mature and grow. You know, these are kids that would never get to go to school. They were starving. They're thir they were thirsty. And everything is a struggle for their family. And you just come along for $25 a month. I mean, that is nothing for most of us. You can come along and you can sponsor a child to go to school, to get two meals a day. You're going to know that that child is going to thrive because where they may not get a meal one day, this time they will. Every day that they're in school. Um, we also offer tutoring. We offer all kinds of things, but also spiritual guidance. And that's what's most important. And um, 
we also have another opportunity with Saving Susan. We partner with Saving Susan. And their program's a little different. You start from when the child is young and you go all the way through their school year and you virtually adopt them. And through that, you Skype them. You don't bring them home. They stay there in their country, but you check on them monthly and get to talk to your child. I, I can't recommend sponsorship enough. I have watched my sponsored child grow up, and now he's in our trade school, and he's a plumber. Now, this was a street kid living off rooftops with no mom and dad. He didn't have a chance, but sponsorship gave him a chance. Awesome. Would y'all thank Marcia for the great job that she does? Thank you. So I, I remember, um, so let's just say this. I'll, I'll just be honest. We don't like being uncomfortable. Would y'all agree with that? I don't like being uncomfortable anywhere. I, if I don't know how to do something, I really don't want to learn now. I'm, I'm at that age now. If I'm not good at it already, I just don't want to, don't want to do it. I had a guy at North Star going, I'm going to teach you how to play golf. He took me out one time. He never called back, all right? And so, because I, I, I wasn't good at it, and I was irritated the whole time I was playing because I wasn't good at it. <clears throat> I remember when Marsha said, Mike, will you help me with missions? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll help. And then I remember one year in, in 2011, she said, you need to go. And I went, Ann would love to, all right? And so I had never been overseas on a mission trip, and I was the pastor here. Shame on me, right? She goes, it will change your life. Can I tell you how I would tell you in 2020, it changed my life. I went that first summer or that first winter on this little trip. And other than one year, a few years ago, I've been back every summer. And I really, I have nothing to offer the group other than I'm just there to serve. And I love going. Point number three today. It requires us doing whatever it takes to bring one more home to Jesus. It requires us to do whatever it takes to bring one more home to Jesus. They went up on the roof. They let him down with his bed through the tiles in the midst before Jesus. <clears throat> you want to waste your life? Make it about you. You want to make your life count? Make it about others. You want to leave this earth and have other people tell your accolades? Make it about you. You want to leave this earth and have people tell your impact? Make it about others. You know, I, Marcia, we were talking earlier, $25 a month to sponsor a child. And I'm just going to say, this is, this is as a friend. Shame on us if we don't. I will spend almost that on my lunch today. Not even what Ann orders, on mine. Just mine. Because I'm going to get fried white cheddar bites. I've already decided. All right, and I'm going to drink a Diet Coke and get a big salad at Zaxby's. That's today. That $25 will feed them and clothe them and get them in school for a month. Shame on me if I don't. Mike, this makes me feel uncomfortable. If this is the kind of church North Star is going to be, I don't know if it's for me. 
if it makes you uncomfortable and it's not for you, listen, I'll give you a list of great churches, but this is who we are. If there's somebody that doesn't know and he's my friend, I got to grab the mat and I got to pick him up and I got to dig a hole in that roof and I got to get him home. I know I'm going to be in heaven when I leave this earth, but I don't want for somebody to talk about my accolades. I want somebody to talk about my impact and I don't make an impact when life's about me. I only make an impact when life's about others. You know that over 4,000 people, well over 4,000 people called North Star home in a given month through our services. Can you imagine if 4,000 people decided they'd go out and change the world? You could change the world. You could raise the spiritual temperature of our community to make a difference for the kingdom. Would you pray with me? God, I don't ever want to get over what you did for us. Father, I don't ever want to get so self-absorbed that I forget it's not about me. God, I don't ever want to reach the place I feel like I'm owed something. God, I don't ever want this church to be about who's coming now and we're good. God, I want us to push one another. I want to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Not for us, but for your kingdom. I remember the words of Jesus when he said, when you've done it unto the least of these, it's like you gave the gift to me. Father, may that be the story of our lives today. And it's in your name that I pray.